So, hello everyone and this is me Hemant and I'm back with another podcast of All About United and Football. So today we're going to discuss uh five of our controversial opinions in football which might be very debatable <laughs> some of you might just write us off and stop listening to our channels but yeah this is something that uh, goes on in everyone's mind i mean everyone uh, everyone we have to be honest about it right yeah, yeah. we can't lie yeah, to every, every, everyone of you must have their own uh, controversial opinions uh, in football which you know obviously not uh, other people might agree to but you know there's still controversial opinions and you might just you know keep debating uh, about them till the end of your life and you still won't change your opinion so basically uh, i've got harsh with me uh, in this podcast and uh, Uh, he's going to give two of his controversial opinions i'm going to give two of my controversial opinions and then uh, we have got we're going to sort of end up with a common controversial opinion that we both agree to so that's how we're going to wrap this podcast up. so be, so before starting just uh, make sure you listen to our previous podcast uh, you know harsh's channel is eat sleep football repeat uh, you can see the total football podcast and my channel is obviously all all about united and football uh, so make sure you check check it out on apple Spot, uh, apple podcast spotify google podcast anchor radio public and many more platforms so harsh here you go go with your first podcast first sorry first controversial opinion okay so my first controversial opinion is that portugal currently are the best team in the world uh, now this isn't an opinion that i made uh, watching the nations league game yesterday but it is something some uh, it is a opinion that i have developed of over a few years watching some of the new talent come in the talent coming in for portugal right now is just amazing in all places of course in all places like you see the midfield you have people like uh, uh, bruno fernandes bernardo silva you look at you look in the forward line you have people like uh, diogo jota you have people like jao felix and this team i think can just be can just upset france in this in the next year's euro and in the world cup coming up so this is my controversial opinion well pretty good uh, controversial opinion there but uh, yeah no, not much i can debate but i could see portugal sort of uh, faltering out if ronaldo kind of takes a surprise retirement call or something like that and talking about players like diogo jota and all i you know i'm kind of sad to see that people like jota not getting called up called up for uh, the portugal's national team and uh, they're not getting more game time and stuff like that um and yeah okay so like we have to kind of debate about it but yeah it's true that portugal have got a lot of talent uh, that they've got jao felix bruno fernandes bernardo silva uh, ruben neves uh, ruben diaz you know uh, rafael guerreiro and all nilson all those players chamedo. yeah nilson chamedo again yeah so oh, they've, they've got very talented players but yeah my problem with this is they still lack a bit of experience i mean william cavallo is uh, he's the guy in their midfield and i think he's the sort of the only experienced guy and probably you know considering his age uh, but you know portugal still i think without cristiano ronaldo there's a lot of fuss gone out of the portugal side and i think uh, you know Ronaldo is kind of that anchor man I mean he draws defenders towards him and he creates loads of chances and scores amazing free kicks so I think 
without ronaldo it would be interesting to see how portugal kind of uh, pan out you know when and major tournaments of the world so yeah you got anything to say yeah so i was just saying the reason i like portugal is because of the one guy who's had one of the best seasons like ever and it's bernardo silva and, and this is another controversial opinion but but whenever i see bernardo silva it reminds me of watching a young messi uh if you know what i mean like he's just skipping through tackles he's just creating chances out of nowhere and you he, he was probably voted the player of tournament yesterday and rightly so and he's he's the guy who can hold all this talent which is coming in for portugal together and that's why i have such huge faith in and the manager has uh, has a huge faith in bernardo silva and that's why i think being being a, even if ronaldo leaves like they still have a fulcrum around which the entire at- attack in the midfield can revolve like people like bruno fernandes can feed balls to bernardo silva and he can create chances out of nothing and he can create chances for joao felix and players like diogo jota so that's why that's why i was a bit confident about this portugal team anyway so that's just my opinion uh, who do you th- who do you think is going to be the next big team in european football him um, i i i am a huge fan of england i mean like if you start talking about their front line it's it's just an never ending list yeah one of the best front lines you know jaden sancho harry kane raheem sterling that just wraps up even rashford like yep. I, I shouldn't name kind of harry kane there because he's going to come up in my talk <laughs> so i shouldn't mention him but uh, yeah rashford's there you can talk about callum wilson i, I like him hudson odoi hudson odoi is coming up and you've got a good midfield of james madison uh, declan rice okay is kind of overrated as many people say but still jordan henderson's there and you've got ross barkley england's got delhi a delhi ali yeah uh, harsh is a big fan of delhi ali so uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's another uh, one of your guys in england uh, but england excites me a lot and i think uh, in euro 2020 if gareth southgate takes his learnings pretty well and he you know uh, make sure that his players don't make much of mistakes and he doesn't do tactically much wrong i think they can do uh, very well in uh, you know the upcoming tournaments England so i still lack the defense so like you look at the center backs like you have got john stones yeah john stones isn't the uh, I, even as even the mayur city fan i don't think john stones is the most reliable in defense he's he's a great uh, passer and a good progressor of the ball but in defense i don't think he's the great he's the most reliable person and look at the other options harry maguire also isn't a guy who just gives confidence to someone that he's not going to concede goal so their center backs still uh, uh, worry me but overall i think england is going to be a huge threat in euro 2020 yeah i kind of agree yeah defense is still got to improve i hope van bissaka comes in uh, soon right and talking about just going back to that portugal thing i hope diogo dalo of united just makes it as well into that uh, in, into that squad because he he can play both right and left back and who is the current left back uh, rafael guerreiro so yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's there uh, and i just want to wrap your one up with one last question since you are a big fan of bernardo silva he can play of right wing and obviously in the midfield three so do you think he can be a portugal captain in the future 
I, I think he's going to be a Manchester City captain. Like, like company said, I, I, I don't know when he said it. It might have been in yeah, some interview. Uh, recent, recently, uh, sad news dropped out for Man City fans that David Silva will be leaving at the end of next season for his uh, uh, club, Las Palamas, or some Palamas kind of club. It's probably a Brazilian club and he's going to leave for that. So, yeah, so Bernardo Silva probably might be captaining City. Yeah, and he might just be the lead if he plays in centre midfield. That is, if Sane stays next season, and yes, Bernardo Silva plays in centre central midfield, he might just be the leader of the midfield along with Kevin De Bruyne. And I think that that might be the way for City to go uh, go uh, forward. And it just we we need to replace David Silva though. His creativity is like unparalleled in world football. So we need to find someone. And I know they're looking at Bruno, people like Bruno Fernandes, and I, I really like him. I love, I really like to watch him play. But let's see what they do. Uh, okay, so let's just wrap this up with your controversial opinion. Yeah, okay, one. so my first controversial opinion is that uh, Harry Kane, if this guy leaves Tottenham Hotspur, I think he will probably end up uh, in a bad situation for himself, and he might not end up well in his career. The reason why I'm saying this is. If you look at Kane's recent records, uh, I think he's been affected a lot with uh, injuries and stuff like that. So that has really affected him sadly because I think uh, people in England, especially the English media and the British media, especially hype Kane up a lot. Uh, I mean, they con- consider him as one of the world's uh, top three centre forwards there, uh, which you know probably on 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 his day you can say that but i think if he leaves Tottenham Hotspur i don't see a good destination for him i mean till uh, till few days back you could have said real madrid was his uh, you know w- w- was his best stop but uh, now now that luka jovic is at the club uh, you know you can't ca- kind of fancy both kane and luka jovic uh, at at the same club because uh, you, some people might say that's a really competition, but Kane, you know, still Real Madrid won't go for a move because they're already spending a lot of money uh, with a lot of transfers coming in for them. Uh, but I think if Kane leaves Tottenham, I think his career won't go in a good direction in the way he wants because, you know, uh, ever since he's been, uh, you know, coming up with his injuries, I think there's a lot of decrease in pace in his uh, game, you know, because. Uh, at Tottenham, uh, apart from his uh, brilliant finishing, uh, what he used to do very well was drop in deep into that uh, false nine position or a number ten position, as you would say, and uh, kind of feed passes to uh, runners like Delhi Ali, Son Winman, and Christian Eriksen. Uh, that's what uh, Kane used to do really, really well, and uh, and you know he used to be the anchor man in the front line and a good threat in the set pieces. But ever since those injuries have hit him up a bit, I think th- that 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 is kind of slowing him in, uh, down a bit. And I think whenever he's trying to link up with uh, players like Ali and Eriksen, he's uh, kind of slowing down a bit uh, in, in the in you know in the link-up play. So I think that's affecting his game. Those, those injuries, and if he goes out, I think. He'll take, uh, you know, he'll take more time to adjust with a new team, uh, you know. And I think if he if he goes to Real Madrid and if he kind of plays with Hazard and you know Hazard and who who else will play? Uh, yep, yeah, Isco, Asensio, uh, and you know 
uh, that midfield if if he if he kind of plays with them i think uh, he might be good in la liga but he'll still end up struggling in champions league and if you if you've seen his recent performances for england you know especially just like now you're talking about the recent uefa nations league uh, even that against netherlands when harry kane came on for marcus rashford uh, you know due to his injury so he came up and he made england more slow and i think he couldn't offer England very much so i think harry kane just because of his injuries uh, you know i think it would be good for him if he stays at tottenham and you know tries to become a legend at that club i don't think uh, it would be suitable for him to make the next step to a bigger club what do you say okay so the funny thing about this is like if you would have said this one year ago i would have absolutely been mad at you like because yeah. i couldn't believe it one year ago that yeah. harry kane even couldn't even be a so yeah, i had to make this up opinion in the last 6 months because i think uh, you know uh, probably at the end of december 2018 or 19 uh, of january uh, you know when kane was absolutely smashing goals at wembley uh, before tottenham came to the new stadium i think that's that that was when the time i thought uh, kane's going getting into his prime and i think england and tottenham will uh, kind of benefit a lot but again again when the injuries hit up and then when i saw him back uh, from those injuries i think that that sort of made my mind to this opinion yeah so just like we were saying like it's because of the injuries i i think he's a amazing technical player like he's a great passer of the ball he's great at link up play and his finishing is probably one of the best in the world and on his day he he's he still might be in my top 3 strikers in the world but as you say the injuries like it's now been two successive years where he's uh got injuries at the same time uh, almost and this 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 uh, year in fact he's missed crucial games so champ in champions league matches and uh, tottenham have to had to have had to make up without him with uh, with the likes of son and mora just powering them through and uh, yeah so i would i would agree with you just for the injuries part i, I think his age is really catching up with him and his like this the f- f- fluent playing of his uh, of his uh, youth days are probably gone now and uh, yep so as i said like if you would have told this one year ago, i wouldn't have i wouldn't have agreed you to even one bit but uh, now i can see why you're saying why you're saying this i still don't agree with you to an extent but i can see your point here yeah so that's why it's the controversial opinion so yeah that sort of wraps that up so uh, Okay so let's just get on to the next controversial opinion so this time it's harsh so what you've got to say this time Okay so this one is not quite a controversial opinion but like a suggestion for the Premier League to do like uh, okay we know that uh, uh, the top four clubs immediately get uh, get qualified for the Champions League in uh, in the Premier League so uh, what i want to do is make the top 3 qualify automatically and then have a playoffs uh, for the for the that for the fourth place nay nee, for yeah yeah but like that used to happen before and uh, i think the US no so are... yeah i think that should continue like cuz that's the only way like these teams like uh, uh, so you're talking look, about that's that's not uh, that's not a controversial opinion for the first because uh, usually what happens is uh, uefa have a country ranking you know uh that uh, you know the countries ranked in the top 5 uh, you know league tiers uh, get more uh, you know allow to allow more teams to enter the champions league directly through the league stages no i'm not so i think the... like see so few years back if you see the premier league the top 3 clubs used to directly qualify for the champions league and the fourth team for the fourth club used to play the uh, you know the used to play the qualifiers but 
now what's happening is uh, since the uh, england is more higher in the uefa's uh, country rankings not not national team england i think the english leagues are more uh, higher in the uefa club rankings so i think england has a good uh, you know you know priority you, you can say in the uefa's uh, you know club club coefficient so i think that that's the reason why the four four clubs are allowed directly to qualify in the champions league okay i think you got me wrong here emant i was not saying uh, the qualification i was i was saying that uh, like this year of course uh, like tottenham finished fourth arsenal finished fifth uh, man united finished sixth and uh, wolves finished seventh right so i was saying just let these guys have a playoffs among themselves and then choose a fourth automatic spot uh, uh, winner so, against yeah so cuz so basically you're you're trying to tell uh, the the way a, a third team enters from the yeah, yeah from the, the championship exactly exactly from the championship yep. to the premier league you yeah, want that yeah, to happen ex- in the champions yeah cuz this is the only way like uh, teams like uh, wolves or everton or someone can enter the champions league because i don't see the top 6 getting uh and getting what you call dethroned anytime soon so uh, why not make it a bit uh, competitive at the bottom and it's uh, it is also like uh, like uh, this season you see like arsenal uh, and uh, tottenham like those two had like almost you could say they had almost the same kind of season in the premier league when they were just like separated by one point and it was kind of harsh on us like arsenal i know they had a very poor end to the season but like if uh, like they they were separated by only one point and it was it was kind of harsh on arsenal and as well so if if we have like this kind of playoffs i think it gives some it gives an equal chance to the other teams as well to qualify for the uh, for the champions league which of course is every club's dream to play yeah so yeah so if someone big is kind of listening to this podcast if you end up listening to this podcast then i think yeah good suggestion i mean like interesting suggestion i won't say completely good because you know then it, it would probably be like uh, premier league is a you know second tier league and europe is like you know for champ- for the champions league you got to you know play the playoff and get then get uh, you well, know it will be kind of interesting yeah right? but like then the what about the europa league then yeah so the other three uh, people who don't make the playoffs qualify for the europa league okay fair enough so you, you had another point that you were telling me before this podcast that you would you know you were going to add uh, to the controversial opinion what was that was it about bernardo silva about something like that no like uh like i said i just thought it was a controversial opinion like i mentioned like bernardo silva reminds me a lot of the young messi like people say like leroy sane reminds people of cristiano ronaldo so i just thought bernardo silva could be the next messi like uh i don't know but that that's just that's not that's like that's kind of uh, if you look at him play like you can see the similarities right there it's not like a big controversial opinion i i don't know if he's going to have as great a career as leo messi and he's quite older in fact he's quite old uh, like he's 24 and messi was like 19 or something when i first saw him play so yeah it was just this kind of controversial opinion so oh. let's just move on with yours yeah so i think yeah you kind of wrapped up uh, with your opinions really really well and i think I hope you know, some, some, such interesting changes happen in the Premier League. It would be interesting to see Leicester and Wolves kind of competing for the Champions yeah. League. Yeah, so that that would be kind of interesting. There, yeah. So uh, yeah, so moving on with my last uh, controversial opinion. Okay, so this might 
know, start off a big debate that would, you know, if it really starts up, I think it might even take one and a half or two hours to just complete up because uh, the next one I'm going to say is going to make the guy who's speaking to me right now very angry and very, you know, you know, fired up uh, that, because that's got to do something with Pep Guardiola. So the controversial opinion that wraps up my uh, account is that Pep Guardiola, okay, Pep Guardiola has not has got no has you know has not got you know he, he doesn't okay how do i say this so pep guardiola does not like to go to clubs like united and it's similar he's a checkbook manager no yeah he pep guardiola is basically a checkbook manager <laughs> who needs no need a, to be kind yeah so pep guardiola is basically a che- open checkbook manager who wants to go to clubs with all resources and an open checkbook and everything with a good stadium everything just not a fan base like city obviously but yeah he wants to go to a club where he gets literally everything so that he can you know sort of show off his Johan Cruyff Johan uh, Cruyff tactical football and just uh, you know make uh, journalists and media media people call him the best manager in the world you know apart if he, if he had gone to a club like united or an ac milan or because i i keep mentioning these two teams because when city appointed uh, guardiola these two were the clubs that were in frame to kind of offer guardiola the job but guardiola wanted an open checkbook he wanted the gulf oil money basically to basically to uh, you know prove you know just add to his cv and you know he he just literally thought that he could uh, buy the champions league and the quadruple the unprecedented quadruple just by spending how much 500 million pounds in three odd years so that that's what so i think you know what, the reason why i tell is this i still remember 2016 was the year when i you know i was kind of really very very excited uh, after a bit of a time in the premier league because mourinho took over united and uh, guardiola took over city so this was kind of exciting me and a lot of uh, people in the british media and the fans are very lot because uh, mourinho was obviously a proven winner uh, at chelsea twice because in, in the first two seasons he had the tendency to do very well uh, in the premier league and obviously on the other hand guardiola was on the back of his uh, bayern and Barcelona success you know so in 2016 both of them took the Manchester clubs and it was like okay so this Manchester uh, Manchester rivalry would kind of heat up so basically Mourinho was in a bad situation compared to Guardiola obviously that would be debated by him but a bad situation in terms of club structure in terms of the quality of players already existing at the club and obviously the transfer budget offered to both the managers uh, so you know guardiola was superior in all the three uh, aspects not not so much probably in the you know the cl- the budget uh, uh, the transfer budget because people might say uh, mourinho got so many so much so much amount of money at united but the but my point is like mourinho when he was offered the united job he didn't consider uh, his reputation and anything like that he just thought uh, that united were a fallen a fallen giants in english football and uh, he was a manager who was in uh, desperate need of a job uh, to prove himself and to you know kind of do a project that would kind of bring bring back one of the fallen uh, fallen giants to uh, back to the elite of uh, elite clubs of the europe so mourinho took the tougher job in my opinion because he really wanted to prove himself and his managerial skills and he no he accepted the challenge like united and he took up the job whereas guardiola you know 
Guardiola never really, you know, uh, you know, nodded his head to a club like AC Milan or United or maybe a, he was already at Bayern. So the other club was Inter Milan probably. Uh, that was kind of very low odds on getting Guardiola. But my point is, Guardiola is kind of scared that if he doesn't get the players that he wants, the transfer budget that he wants, and if he does not have the right structure behind him, uh, he, his managerial reputation would fall off. I mean, you know, if if Guardiola would have done his rebuild like a, like a Jurgen Klopp, I think that I would have probably applauded him because Klopp did the rebuild in the best possible manner. I mean, I think if if i would uh, kind of tell uh, my future generations about a good rebuild or a bu- good building of a team then i would first of all uh, you know take jurgen klopp's example because in my generation he was he was the prime example but guardiola just he just got an open checkbook i just wonder if he was at a club like united or a, or a ac milan or an inter milan maybe even a chelsea or a tottenham so he would have he would have definitely failed a lot because uh, the when, the moment guardiola came in i i the first thing i said is uh, you know uh, at bayern and barca it was cake walk for him and it probably at at uh, city it won't be that much of a cake walk which was uh, apparent apparently not imminently true in the first season when he struggled and couldn't win a single trophy in this first season but then obviously he got his open checkbook uh, you know you know under the way and he just got when uh, uh, he just started winning trophies so you know I, in my opinion guardiola instead of going for that open checkbook club he should have accepted a real challenge wherein there are real actual difficulties in the club and he could he could have actually come out of it and made himself uh, called as one of the best managers in the world uh, but you know some people i i'm kind of now predicting what her should say because one of when i told this thing to one of my other friends uh, he kind of told me that guardiola probably did a smart job uh, because he thought he he did not have the time to build academies and stuff like that like he did at barcelona and stuff so he wanted everything sorted out and he wanted he made a smarter move to city and all that stuff but i don't see how that is it is because when uh, city announced guardiola it was like they clearly mentioned they're here uh, they probably uh, are bringing guardiola on a longer longer view project because they wanted to keep him for like a 7 8 9 years and build his uh, academy like the youth academy from the roots from the guardiola identical players and they they literally wanted to build a guardiola empire at city and they wanted to offer him as much money as he wants uh, in transfer and obviously salary and they wanted to do all that stuff so i i don't agree to that and i still don't agree that guardiola has got the guts to just go to some of those fallen giant clubs and just bring bring them back to european elites so carry on her yeah i'm going to listen to you now okay so let's let, let's let go then first of all let's talk about jose mourinho then you said he likes to go to fallen clubs but that's like always been his nature like he went to inter milan over a fallen club like at that when the when he went to inter milan like ac milan were probably the best club in italy so he went to inter milan got them up and uh, then he went to real madrid who also like the fallen club like because of the barcelona uh dominance in spain like they were also kind of fallen and he and he, did, and he probably won a title with them and i don't know if he won a champions i don't remember if he won a yeah, champions league even, or not even even uh, started his career at porto as yeah, a manager and yeah. he won a champions league and the portuguese league with them yeah so then he thought like he could do the same with united but in united the problem he faced was the board like they were not 
willing to probably sign his players or probably they had their own ideas of what players to sign so i don't think it's as much mourinho's fault as it is no like no, kind that's of not my basically my point my point is jose mourinho did not hesitate to accept a job like united because mourinho was not the first person to be offered the united job pep guardiola but is united not one of the most appealing jobs in the world like like see at that when time, manhal left when manhal left united was still only 2 years off the uh, of their worst you uh, know worst uh, happenings at the club i mean like still not many things were wrong the deadwood compared to city was still the same i mean like if you count the number of players that were there at city uh, when guardiola took over and uh, which they did not want and uh, you if you do the same at united they were almost the same exactly yeah so like so guardiola before city approached uh, sorry united approached guardiola yeah guardi uh, you know they they did offer uh, you know before city approached guardiola united approached guardiola and guardiola for probably the structural reasons or so he rejected the job and mourinho when he was offered the job he accepted it so that's what i'm telling so like if if guardiola would have come to united and done the same the same thing like yeah, I, i'm telling you that, you would like, you would look, be like on his side or something look look the reason why i brought up this opinion is because uh, whenever people say guardiola is the best manager in the world best manager in the premier league history and all i i think that's just bollocks because i've seen you know i would rather say klopp is a better manager than guardiola nick not in a tactical sense but i think in terms of building a squad and uh, building his own identity uh, in terms of playing a, a style of football and be, uh, bringing up the players that he wants and stuff like that that kind of reminds me of sir alex i mean he did it in the most ethical way in my opinion and guardiola just you know he just brought everything off and he just obviously i that's why i'm telling this if any good decent attacking attacking manager if he's given that sort of an open checkbook and a structure like that i think anyone would have succeeded like guardiola i mean like he still he still couldn't win a champions league that that's against him and whenever people say guardiola is the best manager i say to them that uh, if if he can just go to a club like ac milan or united and he can if he can do the same thing that even that at least he's doing at city if he can do the same thing then i can i can see he's the best manager but right now he hasn't done that okay now let's talk about jurgen klopp for a bit the only difference between jurgen klopp's rebuild and guardiola's rebuild probably is that guardiola did it in one season like he spent in the uh 17 18 season probably and that summer he spent like some 2 200 million or something and if you look at klopp's like uh transfer business spread out it's probably more than that or probably the same but the uh, they sold coutinho so probably all the books are balanced according to people but the amount of money spent is just the same like if we sell sane now it will probably be the same amount of money spent net spend over from when jurgen klopp came and uh, like uh why people like the jurgen klopp rebuild probably is because he bought in players like salah who were like fallen who are already at premier league and no one had given them a chance okay let just answer this why do you like the jurgen klopp rebuild more than yeah let me just tell this you you just told the transfer budget at uh, the transfer budget is just the difference uh, between them right i mean like the net spend is just different no like so i let just, me just remind you jurgen klopp did it over four years pep guardiola has done it over two years yeah, that's, so that's the, the ethical way that's the ethical way like wait so if you remember city's first season under guardiola they brought uh, claudio bravo nolito uh and i think they 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 kind of brought in some players and uh, in the second season they kind of sold them off and they brought another uh, like more players to replace them so like that's like you you brought in players 
you don't like them you sell them and you buy another so that's open checkbook thing whereas Klopp if you see they just sold Coutinho they got 145 million and in those 145 millions uh, they brought Allison and Van Dijk so two players who just perfectly fitted in Liverpool like a glove so that's smart uh, that's smart transfer business I mean like okay just not, just talk about the Coutinho thing I don't I think if even if Coutinho hadn't gone they were going to buy a goalkeeper and a centre-back like irregardless like it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered if Coutinho would have gone or not they were going to get such centre-back like I'm, you have to replace the deadwood like that's the same thing like when Guardiola came in the deadwood at City was huge like you look at our full-backs like Zabaleta cliche like ethical rebuild is that's what I'm telling like you don't spend money like a mad monster like you, Liverpool didn't do that like a mad monster over one season or two seasons they did it over a period and they also brought up their own talent City didn't do that City just yeah like okay fine you talk about that they did over a period like but were Liverpool even close to City at that uh, among that period except this year when they spent so much yeah so like last season last season was the only season in the city were kind of very uh, far off from Liverpool if you talk about the 2000 2000 uh, I think City didn't 16, spend 17, that much I think 16-17 I think Liverpool Liverpool were kind of close to City they finished in the Champions League places behind uh, yeah, you know behind City City finished third and Liverpool finished fourth so that's that's I think that's okay, where. yeah, like, but uh, just I was just like I was saying, they didn't spend any money. This is, but uh, okay, let's not just take this too much because if we argue about this, it's gonna take. So it's gonna I take such a long time. So you, you just kind as of agree to the fact that Guardiola, you know, he should be tested at a club. He yeah, I agree, but I don't think there's been a ta- a better tactical manager probably ever in the Premier League. Probably Sir Alex. I don't know. I don't know how to compare these two, but among tactical managers and I, I think he's one of the best out. he's probably the best in the world right now and he's one of the best ever so an open checkbook is just your opinion yeah that is that, that is like, okay look, no one kind of you know literally when if you listen to Jose's interviews he kind of rants about Guardiola I mean first season he brought Bravo he didn't like him he just went and brought in Edison who was at that time uh, the most expensive goalkeeper in the world then now if you look at uh, Guardiola's uh, in a squad there are many players not many some players who don't often play Riyad Mahrez he was brought in for what 60 million and he's still not playing much of the games that he's expected to play and then there's uh, Danilo who's brought in along with Kyle Walker and uh, Benjamin Mendy Mendy obviously unfortunate with his injuries but you know he just brought overloaded every single position literally not all but many positions of his team he just overloaded with uh, many players so like that according to me is open checkbook spending and Liverpool haven't done that I mean like they've just brought in the right amount of sufficient players I mean like even if Liverpool if you see now uh, even if a Van Dijk gets injured and all they don't have the squad depth they're just they're just knackered I mean in, the, in, in their uh, you know starting 11 but City are not like that they, they, you know Obviously, Phil Foden and Zinchenko come into your argument that yeah, there are the two, they are the two kind of youth players that sort of come into the Guardiola nurturing reign. But I don't think apart from that, every every single player that that is kind of playing City for City right now, apart from Sterling and Aguero, have been 
the open checkbook spending okay so this is the third time i'm bringing bernardo silva up in this podcast but do you think any other manager could have done could have transformed bernardo silva like he did like when he came in from monaco he was just a wide he was just a winger like but now he's he's just so much more he's a winger he can play in central midfield he does so much defensive work he creates more chances than he used to at monaco he's scoring more goals getting more assists he's just a better player just so Anyway, let, let's not just talk about this for for the length of the podcast. Let's just move on to our common opinion then. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. Guardiola, in all in all, is a is a good tactical manager, one of the best. But I think I I won't say is the best ever or best ever in the history we'll and stuff like that. that yep. So j- let's just move on to the last common controversial opinion in our podcast, which is. Maurizio Pochettino could probably be a better manager than Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola in in the coming years. So carry on, Harsh. Okay, so uh, I w- I would like to say that this this uh, this this is the most controversial opinion I have had probably in a long time. That Pochettino has had probably a better season than Jurgen Klopp, and I know there's gonna be a huge outrage of people who listen to this and they are, they just go like what the hell is he saying like uh, liverpool just won the premier league they just lost one game all season but you take a look at the difference in the premier league uh, sorry sorry champions league like uh, yeah uh, thanks for pointing that out uh, okay so yeah uh, yeah but you just take a look at the difference in the squads like you take a look at tottenham the resources he has at tottenham and like getting to the champions league final itself i don't think many any manager pro even if klopp was at uh, uh, like tottenham he wouldn't have been able to do that like the tactical decisions he made at in the in the uh, man city ajax game and ajax game like yeah, yeah second half second half at ajax like uh, the uh, decision to bring lorenti on and try to uh, and try to force delict out of his position and uh, make way for son and uh, son and lorenti to make a uh, sorry not lorenti um, lucas mora to make runs in behind that was that probably changed the entire dynamic of the game and it was the same and uh, against man city in the uh, when he bought on yorente in the i don't know what minute it was but uh, it it kind of changed the game in that that way also so uh, the tactical uh, his his uh, the things he has done with the tottenham squad I, i don't think any manager in the world would be able to do that yeah but i absolutely spot on agree with this because you know obviously as you said uh, in this And if you look at uh, 2018-19 Champions League semi-final, uh, second leg, uh, Tottenham versus Ajax, it was an absolutely outrageous game. The way Pochettino changed it uh, in the second half of the tactics was absolutely amazing. He did it many times, you know. Sometimes it didn't work out as well, you know. Uh, prime example, again, I would bring United into the equation. It was Spurs versus United at Wembley. Oli's first test as a manager it was. And uh, first half, I think Oli kind of dominated that game. But second half, Pochettino actually tactically started dominating. dominating the game with a uh, change of uh, players you know he kind of changed delhi ali and christian eriksen's positions and uh, you know use kane uh, more to uh, impose his pressure on J- phil jones and stuff like that but obviously dhaya was to the rescue for united so that was unlucky on pochettino's part but apart from that i think pochettino has been amazing you know uh, the reason why i think pochettino will be better after some spending is because he got to a 
Champions League final with zero spending. Zero, zero money spent and he had injuries throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, like, I, uh, you know, I kind of felt that I want Pochettino to win the Champions League final, but uh, he couldn't. Yeah, I, he still couldn't win it because that would have set a good example to teams that spend huge amount of money and still don't manage to win the Champions League in other big competitions because. That that would be a, that would have been a brilliance of a good tactical manager. You know, nowadays you don't get these good sort of tactical managers who just don't spend don't they don't spend much money and uh, they just kind of do miracles. You know, the previous example I could pick off is Claudio Ranieri. I mean, he literally spent nothing and won a miraculous Premier League title with uh, you know Leicester. And even before that, I would uh, point out Laurent Blanc from uh, Bordeaux. He uh, you know, basically I think Bordeaux was a latest promoted team. If I'm not wrong, uh, in the, in the League One, it was around in 2008 and 9, and uh, Laurent Blanc uh, promoted some reserve team players and youth youth team players into the first team, and he just pulled off a miracle and he won the League One with uh, Bordeaux. Even so, Jardim with yeah, Monaco. Jardim, Jardim with Monaco. That was another one, another prime example. And uh, now Ten Hag, the Ajax manager, even he has done that uh, in the uh, in the Dutch league. So I think. There are very good examples, but Pochettino stands out as the prime example of a very good team, uh, you know, very good ma- man management and tactical management of his team with zero money spent, uh, you know, uh, in his Tottenham team. And, he, you know, he did surpass my expectations this season. I think, obviously, in the end of the Premier League, I kind of got unlucky with the injuries and he kind of lost or bottled, as many people say, many matches. But I think uh, I, was, I, was, I will kind of show some sympathy on him, but he's done a very good job with zero zero money spent and the way he tactically manages games is absolutely amazing so yeah Hirsch was was, uh, trying to point out yeah yeah yeah. so just I wanted to like point out two more games which has just will just showcase Pochettino's brilliance like uh, I remember this season the Liverpool versus Spurs game at Anfield and he was he wasn't even on the bench that time he had got a uh, he had got a touchline ban I think yeah and he probably gave a phone call or something to his assistant Perez what's his name is his name Perez yeah I even I don't know but there he he made a change and that just that completely took Liverpool out of the game and Spurs were probably going to win that game uh, yeah it, yeah, <laughs> yeah Sissoko bottled it first thing and Mo Salah got a lucky goal because yeah. of uh no because of Loricia. so yeah that 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 just proved another that just that is that was just one of the best games i had watched all season i was just so impressed by Pochettino in that game another game i'd like to point out is last season juventus oh, like the that, yeah, world run, right? yeah. Absolutely. even in the first half of the second leg they were brilliant but uh, like they, they they bottled yeah Juventus got bit, two lucky yeah. Go- yeah two lucky goals and then Christian Eriksen just turned it around yeah Euro- European wise Pochettino has done really really well and I think uh, you know I shouldn't say this but like if, if it comes to like tournament managing like uh, where you have, you play matches as one off like if if Pochettino manages teams in tournaments like Champions League and stuff like that I think he can be he can be better it's just that the Premier League competition is very very tough I mean like even you know the best of the managers in the world right now struggle in the Premier League I mean uh, that you know that that's really you know that's really the beauty of the Premier League, and you can't just do anything about it. Any team can beat any team, and you know as soon as one mediocre team beats a good big name team, it's just uh, a blame on the manager. But I think Pochettino deserves a lot of credit for what he what he has done this season. 
they haven't spent a single penny since january 2018 till now in uh, june 2019 so i think that that's been amazing and yeah so pochettino yeah, and like can the be job he has done at spurs like he's probably given hope to the spurs fan again like uh, some of my friends who are spurs fan like uh, when when pochettino came like before pochettino came and they had just lost all hope that they were going to be in champions league again and compete at even in even reach the quarter final for that stage but pochettino has come in and he just transformed the club like he's he's even done a better job than the rebuild that klopp has done i would say like yeah so i think if danieli if he yeah, sorts yeah. his uh, danieli if he sorts his stadium debt out and stuff like that i think if he starts backing pochettino a bit and he starts uh, getting a good recruitment system around pochettino and uh, starts getting the players that he wants i think pochettino could end up becoming uh, a better manager than both pep and klopp and he could probably win the premier he he could probably end up winning the quadruple if he starts focusing on all four tournaments and if he gets all the players that he wants i think that's absolutely amazing so that's it um, so yeah so that's it that's it uh, that's it from this podcast i think uh, and we'll be back again with another podcast of mine um, make sure you check out all about united in football uh, uh, on spotify google podcast apple podcasts uh, read republic and more and a small announcement to make this is going to be a big, big announcement so i at all about united in football i'm going to start a, a mini podcast series uh, known as the summer of 19 which is going to be a, a basically a 10 mini po- uh, 10 mini podcast uh, show or series if you want to call when i'm going to release 10 podcast of mine each of 10 or 15 20 minutes each very short podcast i promise uh, each wherein i will i'll be discussing some of the most unthought uh, man united and football in general opinions with you all which not many fans probably discuss and that's going to probably be very very interesting you know it's got some interesting topics like why ashley young keeps starting for man united even though the fans have outraged uh, about against him and stuff like that and uh, obviously uh you know some i know i i just don't want to give you spoilers and stuff like that so make sure when summer of 19 comes out on all these platforms you just check it out and please please check out our podcast on eat sleep football repeat uh, on on again anchor spotify google podcast and apple podcast so see you next next time in our next podcast